Gentlemen, we present The Big Business Lark by Laurie Wyman and starring Jimmy Edwards, Frank Thornton and Gwen Cheryl. Unfortunately, many employees regard their boss as an unreasonable, money-grabbing, mean, selfish, dictatorial old bully boots. The managing director and chairman of British United Plastics, Sir Charles Boniface, isn't a bit like that, of course. He's kind, thoughtful, generous, and a mild-mannered man. When he's asleep. <laughs> Awake, he's an unreasonable, money-grabbing, mean, selfish, dictatorial old bully boots. Uh, judge for yourself as he's just about to arrive at his penthouse office in the British United Plastics building on the embankment overlooking the Thames. Oh, good morning, Sir Charles. Don't be a complete twit, Edith. It's a ghastly morning. For a start, it was raining in the country. Then I got stuck in a traffic jam on the Albert Bridge. My word, if ever a monarch suffered from crack-brained architects, old Albert certainly did. First, that monstrosity of a memorial in the park, and then a bridge that wobbles up and down if you push so much as a handcart over it. <laughs> Still, I suppose if you look at his wife's rotting railway station, Victoria didn't do so much better, did she, eh? Quite, Sir Charles. Oh, quite. After that little debacle, anyway, some idiot had parked outside the entrance. So I had to plod through 14 tons of sludge to get to a lift, which, which, which stuck three floors down. So I had to walk up the rest in order to be told by you that it's a good morning. Sorry, sir. Bad morning, sir. That's better. That's correct. Still, I must say it's comforting to see that a few people have bothered to turn up for work today. May I ask where the hell everybody was yesterday? I had the whole building to myself. Another of those confounded unofficial strikes, I suppose. Yesterday was Sunday. Sunday? Well, you should have made a note of it in mid-diary. <laughs> I can't be expected to remember everything for myself, can I? I'll stop waiting in with my time, Edith. I've got a lot to do this morning. Yes, sir. And don't forget, there's a board meeting at 12. Was there? Get rid of it. There's cricket on the telly. Sir Charles, I hardly think. I'd noticed that. <laughs> you must try hard now. Then where's my copy of the Times? Oh, British United Plastics went up another penny yesterday, sir. I don't want it for the stocks and shares, you ninny. I want to see which channel the cricket is on. Get your priorities right, Edith. Get them right. BBC One, sir. There you are, you see. You knew all the time. Good girl. The match is cancelled owing to rain. What idiot, you... You've gone too far. Well, it's true, sir. It's a lot of Tommy Rudd. I mean, footballers play in the rain, don't they? Hockey players play in the rain. Rugby players, polo players, swimmers. Well, they were wet to start with. <laughs> don't quibble about it. If, if the MCC don't like getting wet, they should borrow umbrellas. Good morning, Father. No. Oh. Bad morning, Father. Granted. <laughs> Albert Spumpy Bridge. Rain stops play on the telly. Oh, Lord. I think I'll come back later. No, you won't. No, you won't. I want a word with you, Frank. When I arrived this morning, Hoskins couldn't get the rolls up to the main entrance. Do you know why? Because some stupid little twit had parked a flashy-looking sports job at the foot of the steps and blocked the way. Sort the idiot out and tell the stupid little twit if he does it again, he's fired. Certainly, Father. And that won't take any time at all. Eh? Why not? It was my flashy-looking sports job. <laughs> I'm the stupid-looking little twit who wishes he'd come by train. Yes. Well, in the future, you do. I had a feeling I would. Edith, 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 stop standing there looking sexy. Edith, is Mr. Frank's car on the firm? Yes, sir. Good. Tell the garage to respray it in a subdued colour this time. Respray it? What for? It's perfectly all right. Uh, it, not anymore, it isn't. I instructed Hoskins to try and prove a little point with the Rose's front bumpers. <laughs> <laughs> 
cracking good handbrake you got there, Frank, you know. Hoskins charged at it twice. Hey, what? Oh, you, you, your car didn't move an inch, but uh, it's a bit shorter, you know. <laughs> By about a foot, I should say. You walked. That's what you are, walked. Yes, very, very probably I am. I'm also the managing director and the chairman, aren't I? Any questions? None at all. <laughs> I'd always wanted my car resprayed in a subdued colour. Yeah. <laughs> you're learning, son, you're learning. Now, what are you cutting up my office for? Oh, uh, well, uh, uh, it's a bit difficult in front of Edith. Nonsense, Edith is broad-minded, aren't you, Edith? <laughs> Oh! <laughs> you see? Face like a cart horse, but fine fetlocks. <laughs> and the most splendid hindquarters. Oh. What's, the, what's the trouble, Frank? Well, um, if you must know, it's the managerial washroom. Oh, not again. But, uh, what's gone wrong with the gents' gents this time? Your choice of decoration, Father. You know how you insisted on using our plastic flooring, foam ceiling tiles, nylon wallpaper, and polished tumor wash basins? Yes, yes, I know all about that. What about it? It looks very chic. Agreed. And anyone who goes in there is liable to have to admire it for a long, long time. Why is that? They can't get out. <laughs> Not unless they're wearing rubber boots or a lightning conductor. <laughs> why, what, why the blaze is not? All that nylon and plastic is building up a dirty great load of static electricity. And if you pull the chain, you'll get so many volts up your arm, you'll probably go with it. <laughs> Thanks for the warning. Edith, order rubber boots all round for all the directors. I, I don't think that is quite the answer, Father. I, I mean, we really can't have the board of management gloom, gloom, gloomping around the place in Wellington. Well, I suppose not. Particularly not old Coggins, poor old devil. <laughs> if he gets whipped off the ground, he'll never have the strength to hang on, will he? <laughs> I hate to think where he'd land. <laughs> what right. we used to call him the drink, you know. <laughs> well, what's the answer? What's the answer? Use the ladies? No, I don't think so, sir. Don't stop being so ridiculous. We could have a phone installed so that we can ring up and see if it's engaged or vacant. <laughs> you just won't give in, will you? It's no use dodging it. You've got to tell the board at the meeting this morning that a room completely decorated with our products is liable to be so full of static electricity that once inside, the customer will never be able to get out. He'll be trapped. Well, there must be some perfectly simple answer. There is. You don't get static electricity if there's water. Well, then in that case, what's gone wrong in the managerial washroom? The water is in plastic cisterns with plastic-covered chains ending in a plastic handle. All manufactured by British United Plastics, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> it's a fascinating little problem, isn't it? In other words, my decorations and the company's products have produced what you might call the original hot seat. <laughs> How right you are. Sir Charles, I think it's time I left the room. Oh, I wouldn't eat it. He may have had the ladies redecorated. <laughs> not what I meant. I, I mean, it, it was merely that I, I thought oh, that... Oh, give I her a quick... Give her a quick pat on the what's-its-name. She'll squeal a bit, but it shuts her up for hours. <laughs> now, what, what can we do about this? I mean, our entire domestic advertising campaign is mounted on the idea that any home completely decorated by British United Plastics is a clean home. Yes. Just a quick dust over and your room will look like new. 
Well, I mean, if that campaign is a success, we'll have walled up half the population of the country. <laughs> it's worse if you're wearing nylon, of course. Hmm? Then, as soon as you reach for the stainless steel door handle, there's a flash and sparks shoot out of your fingertips. <laughs> well, we could use that, I suppose, could we? Save on your light bills. <laughs> Just reach for your door handle and light the whole blasted street up. <laughs> Hey, does it, does it hurt much? One is definitely aware that one didn't like it. <laughs> what you're trying to tell me is, in other words, it hurts like hell. It's a good job I didn't have the managing director and chairman's personal suite redecorated at the same time, isn't it? Mine's still got wool carpet. <laughs> no problem in that. Ruthless, that's what you are, ruthless. Yes, at least I shan't go flying through the air with the greatest of ease. Still, I don't think this is something I need to trouble the board about. If any of them go in there, they'll be troubled all right. Well, then it's simple enough. Stick a notice on the door. Out of order. In other words, you want time for a bit of a think before you let the board know that you've dropped them in the muck. Oh, no, Mr. Frank. If I know your father, he'd leave that notice on the door till everybody's forgotten who put the, uh, the, um, uh, the, uh, the habitation out of action in the first place. There are times, Edith, and I think you've been my personal secretary a touch too long. Mr. Charles Boniface's office. Oh, one moment, please. It's the New York office. Oh, I'll speak to them. Hello, Boniface here. Oh, well, you're here. That's you, CB. Who? CB. Oh, CB. Oh, Charles Boniface. That's me, yes. <laughs> but yes, yes, CB here. How do you do, Mr. Did you get my cable? 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 Not exactly. No, I was stuck on the Albert Bridge for a Great, reason. great. I know you'd see it my way, CB. Are you sure these satellite phone calls across the Atlantic work both ways? <laughs> Only his end seems to be getting through at the moment. Perhaps our half is on lease land and we haven't paid Fort Knox the phone bills yet. <laughs> uh, uh, I think I should have hung up before I started. Hello, Sir Charles Bonnie. I mean, CP here. There's a ground control. Kate Kennedy, would you get off the line? We have splashdown in 45 minutes, 18 and 2 tenths. Splashdown? He's not in the managerial washroom as well, is he? <laughs> Oh, hello! I thought you. Oh, called. hi! I thought you hung up on me there. Look, CB, we got big, big trouble. Don't I'll... bother, don't bother. I'll fly out straight away. Meet me and my son at the airfield. My secretary will cable our flight number. But it's not necessary. Just at the moment, it is. I'm flying to New York immediately. Goodbye. Isn't it marvelous? He's going to have the pair of us flying three and a half thousand miles in order to dodge having to face the board and account for an explodable loo. Nothing, <laughs> nothing of the sort. Edith, book us on the next flight. Where to, Mr. Charles? Oh, what a stupid fatuous question. Kalamazoo, of course. It was in New York. <laughs> New York. Don't argue. Get the passports. Don't forget to have that out-of-order notice hung on the you-know-what's door. Make it big print in case old Coggins is in a hurry and has forgotten his glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Second thoughts, make it small print. <laughs> of course, that's the, that's the nicest thing about New York. What is? Flying away from it. If that idiot Hal Packer was supposed to be my American cousin, I'm damn sure it was on your mother's side. I enjoyed the trip, actually. Yes, you enjoyed it. You didn't see as much of Hal Packer as I did. If he'd called me CB just once more, I'd have called him HP for his sauce. <laughs> You've been sitting there working that one out. Yes, you're absolutely right. It wasn't really worth the effort, was it? <laughs> really. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now approaching Heathrow Airport. 
Sir, will you please fasten your cigarette and extinguish your heat belt? <laughs> <laughs> and father, boop again. Frank. Yes, father. Fasten my seat belt, will you? You're nearer my stomach than I am. <laughs> yes, I know what you mean, yes. Uh, you'll have to put that cigar out as well. What? Ruin a damn good Havana just because the driver wants to land? Certainly not. It is the rule. Then have it changed, have it changed. I'm not wasting this. I don't think you've any choice. Of course I've got a choice. If they're going to be petty about it, you'll just have to drive around a bit up here uh, until I've finished. There's a good ten minutes smoking left and I'm not wasting it. Just why are you so keen on this particular cigar anyway? Because this particular cigar was free. Ah. <laughs> That chap Halpacker gave it to me. Oh, I didn't know that. Neither does he. He's <laughs> in the box on his desk. Well, <laughs> I, I saw it. I reckon that I knew how to enjoy it better than he did, so I had it. That is stealing. Oh, no, it isn't. No, I left a receipt in his box. You know. <laughs> well, I suppose you can always smoke that. It fascinates me, you know. We fly 7,000 miles at enormous expense... And all we seem to have achieved is that you've nicked a cigar and dodged a board meeting. Well worth the money, I'd say. I did solve his problem as well. You blinded him with science. Same thing. Excuse me, sir. Would you mind putting out that cigar? Yes, I would mind. Oh, then allow me to do it for you, Get sir. Oh, whoopsie. Didn't have a bit, did it? It did, you know. He may cry. <laughs> Alternatively, he may ask the pilot to turn round and go back so he can pinch another one. Oh, never mind, sir. I trust you enjoyed your flight. <laughs> yes, <sir>. Bullseye. <laughs> He's enjoyed it now. No, honestly, you first-class passengers, you're all the same. You know, with girls like that about, they shouldn't tell you to fasten your seatbelt. They should fly you over in a straitjacket. <laughs> lovely undercarriage, that. <laughs> what a lovely pair of oleo legs. <laughs> wonder what a phone number is. As far as you are concerned, Father, I imagine it's ex-directory. <laughs> Next time I meet the chairman of BOAC, remind me to tell him that one of his girls owes me half a cigar. I wouldn't mention it to him if I were you. Why not? If memory serves me correctly, last time you visited his office, you nicked a cigar out of the box on his desk as well. Yes, and absolutely putrid it was, too. Government issue, I shouldn't wonder. <laughs> you still smoked it. We had to have the extractor fans on in your office for days. Well, don't blame me, blame him. Let's get now. Did, did you cable Edith to have the rolls waiting for us at Heathrow? I did. Yeah, well, of course it won't be there. At least it'll give me something to blow her head off about when I get back to the office. <laughs> Charles Boniface's office. Oh, no, I'm afraid you can't, sir. He's been to New York. Yes, we're expecting him back later today. Not at all, sir. Goodbye. Oh, good morning, Mr. Holroyd. Now, look here, Edith. Mrs. Chalmers, actually. Oh, very well. Now, look here, Mrs. Chalmers. I realise I'm only a junior director. That's right, Mr. Holroyd, you are. Very. <laughs> How can I help you? Well... It's Sir Charles, that son of his. First, they didn't turn up at the board meeting, and now I see a small item in the papers saying that they're in New York. Oh, I didn't see that. I gather at a small private ceremony at two o'clock in the morning, he offered to declare the offices of the New York Times open. <laughs> <laughs> and they've been open for... 
Oh. Oh, dear. Well, at least that sounds as if his American trip was successful. That's the point. The board should have been informed what this trip was in aid of. It was an emergency, Mr. Holroyd. I presume you mean he couldn't bear to face the board. Ex- no. N- no, I-, I mean, um... Look, he had a call from our New York office and he had to fly out immediately. How very convenient. Yes, wasn't it? Was there anything else, Mr. Holroyd? Yes, there was. Come in. Excuse me, Mrs. Chalmers. Mrs. Chalmers may, but I won't. You know who I am, I suppose? Oh, yes, sir. You're horrible, Holroyd. <laughs> no, I, I mean you're Mr. Holroyd, sir, one of the directors. Precisely, and who are you? Mavis Davis, Mr. Holroyd. <laughs> I'm from the typing pool. Then fall in it. <laughs> I'm talking to Mrs. Chalmers, so go outside and wait. Yes, sir. And I can see what the other girls mean about you now, sir. Oh, and what is that? The way you treat people makes them realise that there are other jobs that must be better, even if they're for less money. Good morning. <laughs> sir. Mrs. <laughs> Chalmers, have that girl sacked. I doubt it's time, sir. I imagine she just gave in her notice, along with all the others you come in contact with. Any more remarks like that, Mrs. Chalmers, and I'll have a word to Sir Charles about you when he gets back. Oh, I do wish you would, Mr. Holroyd. I warn you, he may well take action. I'm relying on that, Mr. Holroyd. (laughs) After all, I've been with Sir Charles for 12 years, and you've been with him for, uh... Oh, let's see, it's all of five months. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I believe you said there was something uh, you required. Yes, there was. I presume Sir Charles will call a fresh board meeting as soon as he gets back. I imagine so. Good. Apart from finding out what this sudden American trip is about, there's a certain uh, domestic matter within the building that Mr. Coggins and I would like clarified. Domestic matter? Yes, sir. <clears throat> yes, well, I'd rather not go into the details, Mrs. Chalmers. It's a uh, little indelicate. <laughs> go on, Mr. Holroyd. Be brave. Well, uh, <clears throat> well, if you must know, Mr. Coggins and I would like to know how much longer the managerial washroom is going to be out of order and who it was who removed the door handles and replaced them with a piece of string. <laughs> so that's what Sir Charles wanted to borrow a screwdriver. <laughs> I mean, I'll, uh, I'll mention it to him as soon as he gets back. Do, because there's nothing else seems to be wrong. I've told the hall porter to put some fresh door handles on straight away. Oh. I mean, we are British United Plastics, after all. If I'm entertaining someone important, it's hardly the thing to have no door handles, is it? No, quite. Although I had no idea that that was where you usually entertained important people. (laughs) Very droll, I'm sure. The fact remains that my fellow directors and I want a board meeting as soon as it can be arranged after Sir Charles and Mr. Frank return from their little, but very expensive, jaunt. I'm sure that's exactly what they'll want themselves, Mr. Holroyd. Yes, well, of course, it was all your fault in the first place. Mine? Who was it who said he had nothing to declare? Oh, stop spitting hairs, Frank. You were in charge of the luggage? Possibly. But how was I to know that you'd smuggle the rest of Halpaka's cigars in your briefcase? <laughs> what a fuss about nothing. They impounded 500. What? <laughs> Along with all that old Kentucky genuine bluegrass bourbon. Well, there you are, then. I mean, just think of the dollars I'd have saved the country by bringing that lot back myself. And that plea of mitigation is going to sound terribly convincing as it echoes round the old bailey. <laughs> That's the trouble with this government. I mean, you can't help them when you try. I mean, the plane was coming this way, empty, as usual. 
I was on it, so out of kindness and patriotism, I thought I'd bring a few bits and pieces with me for the benefit of the old country. What happens? I get done rotten. Not yet, Father. But I have a feeling you will be. Incidentally, Halpacker can't have had 500 cigars in his box. No, he didn't. <laughs> They're in the drawer of his desk. <laughs> you really turned the office over, didn't you? Well, it was entirely his fault. I mean, he shouldn't have kept me waiting. I got bored. I hadn't anything to read, so I went on a sort of treasure hunt. So did Her Majesty's customs. <laughs> Hello. Now what? <laughs> they didn't find the two bottles of port, did they? <laughs> oh, no. Where were they? In your briefcase. <laughs> still there, so don't swing it about. A very good year. Oh, that reminds me. Oh, Edith. Ah, I wondered when I'd get noticed. Welcome, gentlemen. Nice to have you back again. Oh, you've been away as well, have you? <laughs> Edith, send a cable to our New York office. Tell them I want a full report on their director's expense accounts. They seem to be smoking and boozing themselves stupid over there. <laughs> not anymore. You've got it all. Now, 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 boys, stop squabbling. I'm not squabbling, but he is. I'm not. You are. Ask her. Stop it, the pair of you. Sorry, Edith. Beg your pardon. Edith. But he started it. That's a lie. You did. Shut up. Mrs. Chalmers, I would ask you to remember your position here. I am. And if there's one word more out of either of you, I'll, I'll, I'll leave. And that position will be vacant. Oh, very well. That's different. We accept your apology. <laughs> now, anything fallen to bits during our absence? Mr. Holroyd's on the ballpark, sir. Holroyd? Oh, that little twit. Who the blazes appointed him to the board anyway? <laughs> you did. Well, don't gloat. What's goody-goody trousers on about this time? He's demanding an immediate board meeting on your return, Sir Charles. He's evil. He's too blasted late. I'm ordering one, and he'd better be there. Four o'clock sharp this afternoon. Yes, I'll inform the rest of the board, sir. That might be as well, Edith. I'd hate to be accused of talking to myself if it can be avoided. <laughs> Well, uh, one thing about it, Holroyd, the reading of the minutes of the last board meeting shouldn't take long. It wasn't held. And I, for one, intend to find out why, Mr. Benson. No, don't you start, Holroyd. You may be itching for the old man's chair, but it uh, really isn't your size. <laughs> Not yet, possibly, Mr. Benson, but I think you'll agree that our overseas trade is showing an increased profit since I took over the department and streamlined it. If by um, streamlining it you mean you cut the overheads because the moment you were appointed half your staff asked for the cards, then I agree with you. And them. At least the overseas trade department is efficient. We get things done, unlike some of the internal departments here. Look at our washroom over there, for instance. It would still have that out-of-order notice on the door if I hadn't taken action. Oh, I'm not arguing, Mr. Holroyd. In fact, I'd go further. I'd say that the washroom is precisely the department that you should be in charge of. <laughs> After you eat it. Uh, no, thank you. If it's all the same to you, Sir Charles, I prefer to walk behind you. Good. <laughs> Spoil sport. Good <laughs> gentlemen, sit down, sit down. You're making the place look crowded. Thank you very much. That's the idea. Now, now then, gentlemen, we shall keep this meeting informal as I have an urgent appointment at half past four. Oh, I meant to tell you, sir, it's been cancelled. What? The umpires inspected the pitch at 3.30 and there'll be no play. <laughs> Fair weather weaklings. Send them 22 of our plastic max and tell them to get on with it. <laughs> now then, gentlemen, I have here in this folder... No, I haven't. I haven't even got a folder. That's odd. Who's got my folder? I have, Father. Well, how did that happen? 
If you remember, Father, you asked me to hold it for a minute when the lift girl made the mistake of turning her back on you for a minute. <laughs> oh, lovely elevation. <laughs> now, where was I? Oh, yes, I must apologise for cancelling the last board meeting, gentlemen, but my son and I had to fly to America. And with respect to Charles, we'd like to know why. And with respect, Mr. Holroyd, you are most certainly going to find out. And with respect, Mr. Holroyd, you're not going to like it. <laughs> I am, but you aren't. <laughs> now, just what is all this about? It's about you, chiefly, Mr. Holroyd. You are the director in charge of our overseas trade, I believe. Yes. Yes. And were you involved in the contract for our New York plant to supply the Zippy Cola Company with plastic stoppers for the bottles containing their foul, obnoxious fluid? Naturally. <laughs> I negotiated the entire deal myself. <laughs> I think you're going to regret saying that. Oh, I really do. And why should I? That contract could earn us half a million dollars a year easily. It damn nearly lost us several million overnight. What? That is why I had to fly to America, Mr. Holroyd. You approved and set up a plant to make plastic stoppers by the million that were too small. Zippy Cola is a fizzy drink, Mr. Holroyd. As soon as they put the stoppers in, they pop back out again. <laughs> Fun to watch, but utterly useless. I know, it, it, it is frightful. We'll have to retool the plant, and then there's the delay before we can go into production again. It, it, it's going to cost us a fortune. Thanks to Father, Mr. Holroyd, it isn't going to cost a penny. What? Name anybody else in the firm, Mr. Holroyd, who would have thought of telling the directors of the Zippy Cola Company that their glass bottles were old-fashioned and unhygienic, so they ought to market their product in plastic bottles with a slightly smaller neck. And he got away with it. <laughs> Not bad for an old man, was it, Mr. Holroyd? <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> you can't fire a director. You wouldn't get a bet on that, would you? A motion to the meeting here assembled that Mr. Holroyd should be relieved of his duties as a director of British United Plastics forthwith, owing to ill health. Those in favour? Aye. A motion carried. <laughs> that won't take long, did it? <laughs> Good afternoon, Mr. Holroyd. I do hope you get better soon. Somewhere else. All right. You wait. I've had offers from Anglo-Amalgamated Plastics, you know. Then accept them, Mr. Holroyd. After all, they are our keenest competitors, so every little helps. <laughs> well, I think that pretty well clears up the matters of the day, gentlemen. Uh, Mr. Benson. Oh, you're here, Mr. Benson. For the time being, would you be so good as to take over the Overseas Trade Department? Certainly. I'm afraid it may be a little hectic for a week or two. <laughs> I forgot to mention earlier that in my meeting with the directors of Zippy Cola, in persuading them to change over to plastic bottles in the interest of safety... I also agreed to supply them with the plastic bottles as well as the plastic stoppers. <laughs> Try to make sure they fit this time, won't you? Yes, yes, good day. Yes, good day. Good day, gentlemen. All of you. Thank you so much. Uh, oh, well done, Father. Uh, thank you, my boy. I've always worked the same formula, you know. It never fails. What's that? Something your mother taught me. She <laughs> says to me, "If you're facing a big problem," she says. <laughs> Make it an even bigger one, she said. <laughs> that way you can usually see the solution. <laughs> well, it works for you. Yeah. I feel a little peckish. Uh, Edith, get Marcos on the phone, will you? Yes, Sir Charles. Is that the trouble with all this flying backwards and forwards across the Atlantic? The times are all wrong, so you end up with eight breakfasts and no dinner. You, you speak to them at Marcos, will you? I'll just go freshen up a bit. I shan't be long. Certainly, Father. Well, it's a funny old time to eat, but I could do with something myself. Uh, hello, is, is that Marcos? It is, sir. Ah, this is uh, Mr. Frank Boniface. Uh, 
I know it's a bit early, but could my father and I have a table for two in about half an hour? Of course, sir. For uh, tea? Uh, no, no, for lunch. Uh, or is it dinner? Well, we, 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 we've just flown to America and back, and we're a bit out of touch. All we know is uh, we're hungry. Ah, you leave it to us, sir. We'll give you the menus for lunch, tea, and dinner, and you can sort out something you can. Splendid. <laughs> uh, I'll see you in half an hour, Marco. I, I think I'm wanted. Hey, anybody out there? Frank, open the door. It's red hot. I can't touch it. <laughs> Something the matter, Father? You know perfectly well, boss. I can't give it to you. Now stop. <laughs> Don't play the part, Frank. Get me out of here. I'm starving. Oh, come on. If I touch the handle, it's red hot needles up my arm for a month. <laughs> ah, oh, oh, what stupid idiot called this static electricity? <laughs> I'll never be able to pat Edith on her what's-her-name again. <laughs> Come on, it's grub time. Frank, oi, Frank. Hello, Coggins. Been in here long? <laughs> Frank, Frank, stop playing silly sounds and let me out of here. Frank Thornton and Gwen Cheryl have been leading you through the big business lark written by Laurie Wyman. Jimmy Edwards was Sir Charles Boniface, Frank Thornton was Frank Boniface, Gwen Cheryl was Edith Chalmers, Holroyd was played by Alexander John, Benson by Nigel Graham and Navis by Elizabeth Morgan. The show was produced by Alistair Scott Johnston. (laughs) 